Cowboys in Seattle. We're setting out to document those bars that have a seedy backstory, interesting history behind them. But we're not just talking about these places in the quiet confines of some home studio somewhere. No! No, we are not. We're actually recording live on location. As you can hear yeah. from the background, we're out on the patio. And uh, it's kind of hopping. A great background, by the way. It looks like there's a barbecue over there. So for Seahawks games, probably one of those bring-your-own-meat joints. And I love bars that do that. No jumping ahead, Bob. Come on. I'm just saying. Spoiler alert. You bet your bottom dollar. Reel it out for the game. We'll we'll get into the history of that barbecue later. Nice. Joining me, as always, is the man behind the controls, our producer, Bob Trombley. How are you doing, Bob? Great. Hey, now. Uh, And, of course, my two co-hosts, Lou and Jeremy. What is up? We're doing good. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, I'm going by uh, MC Global Warming. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's right. It's hot. Very it's hot. Yep. For our listener yeah. that doesn't live here, it's a hot one. We're Seattle, so hot is 80 degrees. Well, my name is Brad Holden. Thank you for joining us. We're here at the Caroline Tavern. First time here. Have you guys ever been here before? First time. For First me. time. First time for me too. <laughs> Yeah, many, many times. Yeah, many, 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 many times. I'm just a few blocks north from here, so yeah, stumbled on down here quite a few times. We're in Jeremy's home turf. Global Warming's uh, hometown bar. Although not as the Caroline, and uh, you're gonna get into the the details there. But yeah. Well, and it's been a while since we last recorded. Uh, Lou and I were talking about this before recording, so. The last true episode we recorded was at the Crescent. That's right. That was in May because it was right That's before right. Pride Month. We had some special content in between, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, it was a special episode, but, you know, summer going on, summer happenings. And then somewhat topical, they are recording a documentary on the history of the Central Tavern down in Pioneer Square. Ah. Nice. It's pretty cool. And uh, apparently they're in town, they're filming it right now, and one of them contacted me yesterday to see if I wanted to be interviewed. So I'm going down there on Saturday morning to be interviewed for this documentary they're making on the Central Tower. Yo, 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 yo can, can, we, can we all be extras? You guys can come with me if you want. No, 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 no. can we be extras in the film? Uh, yeah, sure. Yes. Uh, can I just like sit on like a bar stool, like behind the you know, corner of the scene there, all you really see is my left cheek? That's, that's fine. It's like yeah, the TV show Entourage. Do I get a trailer? Is what Jeremy's asking, I think. Remember, there's grunge Grunge ghosts. That's right, that's right. You guys can be the grunge ghosts. You have to grow out a goatee, (laughs) grab some flannel for you. That's awesome, Brad. Right on. (laughs) But I think it's cool that they're filming a documentary. I don't know if it's going to be full length or just like some short they're making for something. I don't know. Yeah, there's enough history there to make a full movie about it. Definitely. I don't know if anybody was Definitely. filming anything, but everybody played there. Like, everybody. Everybody. Nirvana, Sonic E, yeah. Melvin. Well, I was wondering if that's mm-hmm. going to be the gist of the Sound documentary. Garden. I hope so. The music aspect. I hope so. There's yeah. a fucking rich yeah. history there. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, yeah, we are here tonight at Caroline, Caroline Tavern. So, in Shoreline. What, what? So this place, uh, it first opened November 4th, 1933 as the Triple X Inn. Uh, uh, porno. Uh, yeah, adult bookstore. Porno right? palace. Isn't that funny? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Triple X booze. But what's weird about that is they don't refer to porn as Triple X anymore. That's like very much a generational it's thing. It's true. 
It's true. We were coming up oh, that's, yeah. Triple X. Oh, yeah. Raunchy. Now, like, Which was complete marketing BS. Now there's and the, so, now yeah, there's the internet. This day. That's right. There is no such rating as a, as a triple X. Yeah, but you put triple X on the X. box and... Right. Nowadays, triple X... Flying off the uh, blockbuster shelves. <laughs> Triple X might be rated G in comparison to the modern internet, you know? I think so. True. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of quaint. Yeah. Almost adorable. Yeah, coffee <laughs> coffee table book. Oh, the production <laughs> values are quite high on this one. Well, the other Triple X Netflix worthy. old uh, cartoons, and, like when people were drinking bottles of booze, it was just like... Hooch. Uh, yeah, like hooch. It would always be yeah. like, from a jug, and it would just, just be... Jug great. with X's on it, yep. Yeah. I think that's what it was referencing, because people also called this place the barrel. And I don't know why, but I'm assuming the sign, there was probably a sign of a barrel with the axes on it. Yep. Down on, in White Center, kind of in Burien on First Avenue, there was another barrel with three X's on it as well. And I wonder if there's any correlation at all. It's not there anymore, but... Well, doesn't uh, the Uber, doesn't the Uber still have, like, a little, on their sign, has a little picture of an old, like, old-fashioned jug with triple X's on it? Uber? Yeah. Why would they have... Boo, a no, 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 the the, the Uber Uber Tavern over on oh, um, Greenwood, Tavern. over in Greenwood. Oh, you were thinking Uber the uh, ride, <laughs> yeah, ride share, yeah, the ride share app, <laughs> yeah, with the booze. If you're, <laughs> if you're drunk, just <laughs> click this icon. Super on brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my god! Uber, I think, is that a uh, what do you call it? Like. Um, like a tap room, right? Uber is it Uber a tap? Yeah, room? it's a bottle shop, well, a yeah, tap room bot, yeah. over in yeah. Green Greenwood. Great selection of beer, both on tap and available to go. But their sign is pretty cool. They have a, like old school yeah. looking like neon sign stuff. But I think it's got in like in the background, it's got a little they triple X bottle for a long time. But the sign makes it look like they have. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so yeah, it opened uh, 1933 as a triple X in uh, for its opening night. The Pharaoh offered chicken dinners. Free beer, a peppy orchestra, and courteous pajama-clad girls. Ooh, that's a Dude, niche. Pajamas. pajamas. Yeah. Pajama-clad girls. It's the place to be. The owner was a pajama guy. You know that. Like, like free booze and pajama-clad girls. So you got the triple X on both sides. You got the, the booze and the porn. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, what kind of pajamas are we talking about here? Are we talking about, like, the... The onesies with the feet? Or yeah, talking? that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking... Uh, <laughs> more, like, you know, oh, you're talking about those pajamas. Well, I think like cr- Christmas plaid, you know? Christmas yeah. plaid. There we go. Baggy. Yeah. yeah. Or the Victorian, yeah. you know, the kerchief with the, the sleeping oh, the, robe. With, with the adorning hat. Is it, or bunny ears, you know, whatever the whatever the crowd demands. Walking around with a candle. <laughs> All on Nutcracker. Or the rabbit pajamas in uh, A Christmas Story. Oh, classic. Oh, so hot. <laughs> it's my kind of strip club. But anyway, that's an interesting way to, to open Opening club. night. Courteous pajama-clad girls and free beer. And, free and a beer. peppy orchestra. But only if you ordered the delicious chicken dinner. Apparently so. Yeah. So it operated as the Triple X Inn or the Barrel from 33 to 1935. That's when it changed name to the Caroline Tavern. Now, the original Caroline Tavern burned to the ground in 1939. It was uh, it was like five or six blocks south of here, I believe. And after it burned down, they just relocated here, rebuilt it. And so it's been here ever since, since 1939 or 1940, whenever it reopened. Also that year, you guys know who Will Rogers is? Yes. 
So he's the famous vaudeville performer and social commentator. Yeah. So that year, he stopped by Seattle, played around with golf at some shoreline golf course, and then stopped right the across the street. It's called Seattle Golf Club. How long has it been around? Was it back there in the thirties? It was built when they built the Highlands. It's the. Uh, oh okay. It's. Yeah, it's a hundred thousand dollars to buy in, and a hundred thousand dollars a year. That kind of party. Or he's so playing he at Jackson. He's playing yes. at Jackson Park, which is literally across the street. That's okay. who could be playing the Muni Nine. Uh huh. Okay. Well, he's probably playing at one of those courses because afterwards he stopped by here to have a drink. The next day, he flies over to Alaska, do some kind of date over there, and has a plane crash on the way to Alaska. Dies. So the Caroline was the last place that Will Rogers had a drink. Wow. Where he met his uh, untimely demise. Wow. Infamy. Right. Infamy. Yeah. Shout out to Will Rogers. Look it up, kids. It's an and endless uh, Some say river. his ghost still haunts the Caroline. Mm-hmm. I just I just made that up, but it's good. We'll keep it in the we'll keep it in the episode. If you love Garrison Keeler, you'll like Will Rogers, right? What's that? If you like Garrison Keeler, you'll like Will Rogers. Yeah, Will He's Rogers, like yeah, a, Garrison Keeler. I think he had a little bit of Mark Twain kind yeah, of yeah. Thing going on. Yeah. If you like Will Rogers, you'll like Shoreline. <laughs> you'll love the Caroline. If you like Will <laughs> Rogers, right. come yeah. on, get some. Uh, I got a bit of a, it's kind of a crime story. It's really more almost like a tragic tale, but there's definitely crime mm-hmm. in it. So it's like, cue the crime music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call him out. Saints Pilgrims, what's up? <laughs> okay, so after it burned down and moved here, uh, it became owned by a married couple, Mary and Terry McNulty, are their names, right? Now, this Terry McNulty guy, so a little background is in order. So, in the 40s and 50s, the Teamsters Union, nationwide, had grown. It was the largest union in the country, and it had grown to be really super corrupt. You know, Jimmy Hoffa was involved in it. Here in Seattle, a guy by the name of Dave Beck, who was like Seattle's version. Not that Beck, the different Beck. Jimmy Hoffa. Seattle Beer Wars. Yeah, he was involved in that for sure. And they were just involved in some shady stuff. You know, they were intertwined with the mob. Uh, They were skimming from the Teamsters funds to fund their own lavish lifestyles. They were using the Teamsters muscle to, you know, settle disputes and stuff. And they'd grown very thuggish. Pinball wars? Pinball wars here in Seattle. So the authorities started coming down on them. And at the time... The Department of Justice was being run. Uh, what's head investigator was Robert Kennedy, brother of John F. Kennedy, of course. Later become the Attorney General. But at the time, he was running the top investigations for the Department of Justice. And they were cracking down on the mob. At oh, yeah. Big beef with the mob. Big beef with the mob. So they were having all these Senate committee hearings and stuff. And it didn't take very long before the Teamsters Union caught their attention. And they were called before the committee as well to testify. It's Dave Beck and Jimmy Hoffa. As a result of that, they both ended up going to prison. This was a couple decades before Jimmy Hoffa famously disappeared. He's in the uh, Under end the, zone at the Meadowlands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. So anyway, Dave Beck goes to prison. And the guy here in Seattle that takes his place is a guy by the name of 
Frank Brewster. So Frank Brewster kind of takes over, and he's just as corrupt as Dave Beck. And you would think he would the have like a. The name just sounds so corrupt, right? <laughs> Brewster. It's a new Brewster. sheriff in town, same as the old well, sheriff. His boss that he replaced had just been sent to prison for you know racketeering and all these different charges. So you think he would kind of lay low? No, he was just just as bad. It's like the mob. It's like the next dawn. You know, it's, it's like, like the passing of the torch. Yeah. Like if it was me, I'd be a little on the DL. This guy was not. And his right hand man was the guy that co-owned the, the this tavern here with oh. his wife, Terry McNulty. So Terry McNulty okay. was in the union, and he was Frank Brewster's. Right so you're saying man. Terry's a connected guy? He was a connected guy. At yeah. You're saying this is a mob bar, like Daryl's? Yeah. Kind of. I think it was a mob clubhouse. From what I've read. Place to meet your girlfriends, when you your wife's to you see. You might not walk out. Well, might not walk man, out. They were definitely, my opinion, is they were using this tavern for money laundering. So his uh, wife was running it. She was here. She was the face of the tavern. But he was always off doing his, his uh, union activities, if you will, right? Meanwhile, she's running it. So Mary Collecting checks. Wife. Yeah. So anyway, uh, eventually, this Terry McNulty... And Frank Brewster, they get called before this committee. Uh oh. The Kefauver committee. Yeah, like call before them and like, explain yourselves. What's going on here? The and owner of this tavern met Robert Kennedy, is what you're saying. Yeah, so Robert Kennedy went after him. Um, as a result, <laughs> Frank Brewster got indicted. He ended up going to prison. And out of this whole investigation, it got revealed that Terry McNulty, of course, had his hands dirty. And they found some documents that said. That, that he had stolen money from the union and bought his he had a mistress on the side and had bought his oh, mistress geez. a car. And it was announced in the newspaper. And then they so had enough to really go after him? That kind of thing? they had enough to actually go after him. So he's looking at some jail time. Buying sure. my mistress's car using union stolen. mob money. Exactly. Funneled through a money laundering bar in Shoreline. God, it's perfect. It, it checks all the boxes. Right? Didn't that committee also expose Frank Calacurcio's ties to the mob as they well? Did. Yeah, they yeah. Did. that was that same committee. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, so this uh, this Terry McNulty, you know, he's he's cornered now, and you know, people are gonna deal with being in that situation a number of different ways. They could either be like, okay, they got me, I'm, I'm gonna go do my time. It is what it is. What would you do, Brand? Well, let, let me get through the story first. We'll cover that. This guy ain't going down easy. The other ways, like they could go on the run, right? Go on the lamb. They could go on the lamb. Jesus. This guy, so this is what this guy did, this Terry McNulty. He doubles down. Bought a bunch of booze, a bunch of beer, yes. a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Going on a runner. To a uh, secluded spot <laughs> to end all Got runners. hammered and then took ended his life to go to Oh, buddy. And he left a note. This is what the note said. This body to go to Booth Ashmore Cemetery, called Caroline Tavern, Mary McNulty, no flowers. That's all his note said. Kind of a dick move, right? Like he gets caught <laughs> buying his mistress a car, gets cornered, ends up taking his Has and makes my like wife direct to take care of Yeah, hey, but hey, honey, no flowers, huh? No, yeah, no, no hard flowers. feelings. Yeah, you better get this right. Some of the pressure off, honey. You don't have to get any flowers. <laughs> Keep it cheap. <laughs> oh, my God. But it was a crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> so that basically ends the saga of that. That's wild. That, Mary McNulty's wife, uh, name, you don't see it attached to the, the tavern anymore. I don't know what happened to her. She just kind of disappeared. 
And then after that, uh, you know, this place has been pretty much crime-free ever since. I don't know if that was like such a big lesson to them that they were like, okay, we're we gotta wash we're our hands of this. Straight and narrow from here on out. But for whatever reason, after that, like that was a huge story, and after that, like they've been not, not even a liquor violation since that day. Hired a good lawyer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lesson learned. Hire a good lawyer. Yeah. Yep. Cross your T's, dot your I's. Yeah. And. Gotta have well, proper you know what counsel. Else this teaches you is that um, most of our crime stories are places that are robbed. This place That's has right. never been robbed. It's never been robbed. Do you know why? I think well, you know. You know. You know better. <laughs> it's a shame what happened to your kneecaps. Yeah. Yeah. Funny how. So that happened in 1957. And like I said, Caroline Tavern since that time has been crime-free. No that we know of. That we know of. No, I think it's been, huh. been behaving yeah. itself pretty good. But that's a wild story. Isn't that a crazy story? Yeah. yeah. So you look around You look around now and you say, hmm, Caroline Tavern's squeaky clean. It doesn't look like no. it, though, when you go in. No, that's not, not the first I, Also, I that went to... My, uh, it, it takes some visual cues to really get it. I went to grade school with the McNulty, the so I can't stop <laughs> wondering if she had ties to the McNulty's. Yeah, yeah. Crazy story. I never know. But, I mean, since that time, it's just been kind of the dive bar that we see now. And it checks all the boxes for, like, a true dive bar. When mm-hmm. Oh, this is a, you know, you got a classic. Table, you got the pull tabs. It's a little rough around the edges. You know, in need of, yeah. like, some, a, a good paint job for a couple decades. You can, and, s- you can still smoke cigarettes out back. You know, it's, right. it's yeah. still free. Like yeah. like a good, good Seattle dive bar. we got a yeah. cool outdoor patio, which will... A lot of the places we visited that had. It's not a bad thing here in uh, July. They got the bars on the windows. Another good sign. Looks like there's good sign. Yeah, two TVs and a grill like set up for Seahawks <laughs> Sundays. And it's a great place. I mean, it's, 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 if you're looking to go to like a, a true dive bar, this place checks all the boxes. Yeah. You can't go wrong here. And it's got true. The, it's got the uh, converted house vibe too, right? It's like you look, yeah. you look at the architecture yeah. and you're like, okay, this is yeah. probably built as a house. It almost has like a slight, like almost Bavarian feel to it, kind of, but not really. Kind of a mix between the Wedgwood broiler and uh, the uh-huh. snow goose. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but then you could, you could also look at it and say, okay, well, maybe this wasn't a house. Maybe it was a pizza joint and then they converted it. Well, it might have been. Yeah, you wouldn't have this kind of back patio for a house. Well, no, this was clearly added afterwards. Most though, definitely. Oh, okay. As as is the entire parking lot. Yeah. You can tell. It's, it's like patio. We're on a concrete patio. Do you think there's any possibility of there being bodies buried under this concrete <laughs> patio from the McNulty? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Jimmy Hoffman. There's a down cadaver there. dog. Maybe that's where he is. Wouldn't that be crazy? This is where he ended up. At the Caroline Tavern. Oh, I love Stranger that. Things. <laughs> you mentioned well, metal detector earlier. You just you have it setting for you know gold chains and just gold fillings or gold teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a really cool story. But uh, what we need to talk about is how uh, empty our glasses are. I right know. Now. This is fucking pathetic. Well, we can't it, even do what you're drinking. Now, in defense, gentlemen, it's a hot day out there. It's a hot day. So we were here. That's we true. were here riffing and yeah. doing some bullshit, getting some B-roll, and then glug glug glug. Three or four pints later, we're like, oh, our beers are empty. It's hot. Well, I think that's a good segue. <laughs> to, uh, we're actually not. Round bombing. two. Mm-hmm. Cue the music. We'll be right back. Famous Pilgrim, take us out. Bring us back.
beverages refilled. So we are yeah. here for uh, Jeremy. You want to lead us off? Well, yeah, we could talk about what you're drinking now that we are um, on round two. I wouldn't even bother with what we were drinking round one because, A, I don't even remember. It's not relevant anymore. <laughs> we're going to talk about what we're drinking right now. That's right. This is a very timely podcast. Yeah. So um, I have got uh, an Elysian Immortal IPA, okay. which is you know delicious for sure. Fairly rare. I think there's been one or two bars that have had the immortal on, on tap, tap, but th- not not very often. So this is you know, kind of a kind of a treat. I like the immortal. But what's interesting, Elysian Brewery, Elysian has been on almost all of the dive bar taps that we have visited. Not not all of them, but very very common. So Northwest uh, started off as a Northwest Micro, blew up, so now it's you know global, right? But started off here, so you see it in a lot of the dive bars that we recorded at. But rarely do you see the Immortal because what gets all of the attention from Elysian these days? Anyone? Anyone? Dank Anyone? dust, uh, pumpkin Dank. beer. Well, no, space <laughs> dust. Space oh, dust IPA. Oh, no, I thought just, you said all of Jeremy's attention. I like space dust, but not not all my attention. Space, yeah, space the space no, dust I mean, IPA beers. from Elysian is is delicious as are their pumpkin beers, yeah. but that's got you know all the attention. It blew up and went national. It was one of their first like high profile kind of hero style beers from Elysian. All of their other delicious IPAs like the Immortal and their Imperial IPAs and their Hazies and their Citrus and their blah blah blah, which are also delicious. They kind of got got swept by the side over uh, uh, Space Dust, which I think is a little unfortunate, even though I like Space Dust. So anyway, long story short, Immortal, uh, I believe it's an Imperial IPA from Elysian. Delicious. Also, what I'm drinking, I don't like it so much. It's, for me, a really good IPA is one that's balanced. It's hoppy. You got the hoppiness, but it's balanced out, you know? This one, I don't feel is, is balanced. It's high in the bitterness. It's high in the bitterness. For sure. Yeah. 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 And so, it is hoppy like with that. a capital H. I, yeah, I think I think Brad would describe it more as like an acquired IPA taste, right? Kind of. Yeah. Think, it's, not a, it's not an every man's IPA. It's yeah, a... Yeah. yeah. But it's, to me, it, it, a good IPA is more balanced than this. And this is just very hoppy. Yeah. And isn't there like a measurement they use for the bitterness? IBU. Yes. IBU. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So this, I, I would assume, would rate pretty high in the IBU. Probably like in the 80s territory. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like Space Dust is probably down it's like in the, the 50s Everclear or 60s. of hops for our listener. Wait, what? Everclear uh, of hops? <laughs> an, eight, an, eight, an 80 on the scale. 200 proof. No, it's not the alcohol. What about the, uh, the IBU? <laughs> no, but what's the, what's the ceiling? Uh, I, I think a, IBUs Where goes up really to uh, like the crazy ones. 100, 120 or something is the ta- is the top I think. Okay. But if you're if you're pushing you know close to 100 with IBU, it's like ridiculously bitter. Yeah. yeah ridiculous. I think some of the highest I've been is like 90 or you know something IBU. So about or you probably don't enjoy the Big Ballard IPA then, huh? No, to me it's kind of like that was incredibly that one's hoppy. very hoppy. You know, I like we all like hot sauce, but there comes a point <laughs> where hot sauce gets so ridiculous that it just overtakes everything and all you're doing is trying to battle the yeah. heat. Dave's insanity. Dave's insanity. It's, it's nothing but pain. There's no flavor. All pain, no flavor. I don't like that. And that, it's kind of the same thing with IPAs. With you know, it gets to a point where it's just like, okay, this isn't enjoyable. So Brad doesn't like a beer with a high Scoville unit. Right? Go, you know what I'm right. talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pepper measurement. That's yeah, right. Yeah, like that's the, right. The habaneros, the jalapenos, 
that's you know about as high as I go up. Beyond that, it's just okay. ridiculous. Same Br- with IPAs. Brad's okay with a jalapeno IPA, but he does not want a uh, Carolina Reaper IPA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> no ghost peppers. That's right. No ghost peppers. Although I have to say that's another sub 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 genre of beers that I actually really like is is chili chili beers. I like chili. There's some really delicious chili lagers. I I remember having those. Yeah. 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 Beers brewed with chili with a little bit of heat. Mm, I'm all about it. Yeah, I can dig it. Although not on tap here today at the Caroline, so but you know that's okay. What are you drinking, Lou? I had the. Uh, you got me a second round, which was, I believe, a repeat of the first round. It's a raspberry hefe. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, from. I can't remember. Ooh. Uh, strong raspberry Alaskan. notes. Alaskan. Yeah, Alaskan. Yeah, exactly. Like, I had a taste of it. Yeah, not 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 up Brad's beer. alley. He's not a fruit beer nice. guy. This is definitely a fruit beer, uh, which on a nice hot summer day, hits me right where I feel. Okay. okay. Yeah. You know, Good I, w- one. I was just in a bar uh, this weekend talking with the bartender about like a wheat beer, like a Hefeweizen or a wheat like you're drinking now. Is that a summer beer or is it a all year round beer? I think uh, over here we'd probably refer to it as a summer beer, but I'd probably say in Germany it'd just be like your Monday through Tuesday, or yeah, whatever, yeah. seven day a week, mm-hmm. Monday through Sunday. Well, what, what would constitute a summer beer to you? Well, good question. Like a, something like, like a Kolsch lager. Are you yes, thinking something me, a little, little yeah. easier drinking, maybe a little kind lighter a on the palate? Yeah, mm-hmm. lower ABV. Or I haven't drank enough water today, so I'm also uh, substituting this as part of my water <laughs> regimen. Yes. I'm hydrating. Yes. I'm hydrating. Like a good Rainier. That's right. I'm pouring this beer in my water bottle. Yeah, for sure. I, and yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the question. It's like, oh, is that a summer beer or not? It's like, well, first you got to define what the fuck do you mean by summer beer? Ask ten different people, you're gonna get ten different answers. But yeah, you know, generally a little bit lighter, a little bit easier to drink, like a session beer, like I said, for sure. Especially a hot day like this, you, you know, a porter, a stout, they're delicious. But eh, I don't know. Oh, I'd say you save that for a cold day. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. make my it's gonna make my mouth hot. What <laughs> about you guys? No, nobody you needs that. Go to on a hot summer day. What do you guys? Juice Force. Nine <laughs> percent, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what I recently discovered is um, Ninkasi Brewing has a new. I think it's just called Ninkasi Beer. It's like you know, super generic beer on the can, uh, and it's like an American style pilsner, um, but you know, lighter, almost like like a. Like a really light American style, you know, Buzz Whiters, what a really, really light scale, but done really well. Very, very delicious. That's, oh, cool. uh, that's, my, new, that's my new summer favorite. Ninkasi beer. Ninkasi beer. Kind of like pub beer? Exactly. That's what it yeah, reminds exactly. me of. Yeah. And that's definitely another trend, too, like the super simplification of names. It's like, look, man, <laughs> this, is, this is a lager, this is a pilsner. You know what we're talking about. I don't need to come up with some stupid-ass name like <laughs> Nazi might, punks fuck off. <laughs> they might bring back the XXX. Just throw that on a can. That's right. You know what I mean? High school keg beer. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yep. I like Mickey's. it. <laughs> Well, shit, that is our round two. Uh, I'm probably not going to do a round three. I doubt it, but that'll be the whoa. That'll be the extra content that you have to pay extra for. That's right. Yeah, you want to hear about our round three? Yeah, it's four ninety-five. Visit Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lou. Uh, You want to? uh, Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners where we at? It's not a a bouquet of riches. I got to say. 
Even oh, I call I'll call Trare. Aside from Jeremy, which makes throws it way up there, but like it was kind of skinny. I couldn't find a lot of stuff. Um, like uh, I don't know. It's making Wedgwood look like Pioneer Square. <laughs> <laughs> For the they listeners who have, have no idea what the fuck we're well, even you know talking they about, they at least have a big rock. Intercept really quick. One thing I did see while I was. Uh, researching this place is and I don't know if this is true or not but there are claims that this is the oldest business in Shoreline. Did you see anything about that? I don't think that's true. Okay. You said when what was it, when was the original opening? Well, it, if you're talking Shoreline it, it's it was opened for Richmond Beach for the railroad so probably the cabin is old. Cabin. Yes. But I think the cabin owned uh, when did that open? I'd have to go back. It was like 1890 kind of thing it was back during but, the but it wasn't a bar back then. oh that's true yeah it, it was, was a sandwich house yeah and they got dragged After across the street and, and yeah. then it became a bar again yeah so it's huh it's kind of like the right. oldest bar in seattle it's like well you got to define it first yeah, yeah what do you mean what do you mean by bar what do you mean by oldest yeah it's up for contention that's awesome yeah yeah but and like uh in terms of where we're at, uh, the last Shoreline bar we did was the Cabin, right? Which came up on Richmond Beach. Mm-hmm. And this is like the Cabin in that the Cabin is the only business in the middle of a residential neighborhood. That's right. That's right. <laughs> only that one's yeah. on the water. You're across the street from these multi-million dollar, multi-million dollar Shoreline homes, homes, which makes it extra cool. And this is the same way. It's just a bar in a, um, what would you call it? Like uh, tracked home suburbs, yeah. which is what Total residential house. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It could have been a house. It could have been a diner for a little while. And in fact, it probably was. It probably was both of those. (laughs) Like (laughs) literally, to the north of us is a giant park, an apartment building, and around us is houses. And across the street is big-ass golf course. Golf course. And there's this bar. Yep. Yeah, I love that. Um, So Shoreline began in 1890. Uh, with the plotting of the neighborhood of Richmond Beach, I mentioned that in anticipation of the Great Northern Railway. Brad? Great Northern Railway? Mm-hmm. Running Going all the way from Seattle to Minnesota, don't you know? <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, the name Shoreline was named after um, Guy Shoreline. <laughs> you just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name Shoreline. Old man Shoreline. <laughs> The name Shoreline was applied to this stretch of unincorporated King County in 1944, which were the boundaries of the school district. Show right. why it's called Shoreline is it because it goes shore to shore and line to line. Puget Sound to Lake Washington, and all the way up to Snohomish County line, all the way down to Seattle. That's right. The old Seattle city limit was 85th, so this right. was from King to Snohomish. Line to line, shore to shore, you got the rest of it. Uh, oh, this one's kind of funny. Back in the day before automobiles, where it took forever to get anywhere, uh, if you were had the means in Seattle, you would have your summer cottage in Shoreline. Uh-huh, so that's right. We're like the Hamptons. Totally. Catskills. At the turn of the century, this was this was a little Hamptons. Like. Uh-huh. Nowadays, yeah, it's funny. It's Shoreline. Like Ten minutes in your car with no traffic. We're at the cabin, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Walmart and get Daddy some beer. <laughs> okay, what else we got? 
landmarks in Shoreline include the William E. Boeing House, founder of Boeing, uh, had a 19,000 square foot mansion in the Highlands, Sounds which is right. Fancy gated community, and uh, this is the Seattle Premier neighborhood. Would you say? Some might say Broadmoor. Uh, sure, we'll go with Premier neighborhood. No, yeah, the, the, Highlands. Yeah. the Highlands or Broadmoor. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, I guess either or. Yeah. Yeah, Highlands or Richmond Beach. That's where you find the you know eighteen million dollar homes and stuff. So this one's also and like Broadmoor built around a golf course. That's right. Uh, yeah, hundred thousand cool dollars thing, a year. The super cool thing about the the golf course across the street, Jackson Park, is it's different than your typical like country club golf course. This ain't low, ain't no Mar-a-Lago, right? This is a municipal public, what is now city-owned park that just happens to be a golf course. Right? Yeah. So the history of that is pretty fucking fascinating, and just the fact that it's like. Imagine going to a fancy, snooty, elite club golf course and seeing the people on the links that you're playing golf with compared to Jackson Park across the street from the dive bar. Way different crowd. No, it's your, ja- cargo shorts. It's your average job. Way yeah. different crowd. Exactly. Like it's like the reason we come to the reason we come to and love these dive bars is the people, right? The people here are just fantastic. The clientele, as they say in the biz. Same thing goes with the golf course, right? Like, Are you, you saying go it's more uh, John Daly than Tiger Woods? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Although, if Tiger Woods was playing over at Jackson Park across the street, then I would he, he would elevate in status in my mind, right? Because that's. But yeah, to your point, it's like, do you want to go play golf with a bunch of fucking stuff? Shit, it's like, uh, you know, political people. Well, you can't even hoity hoity toy, and yeah, it's like, and then yeah, you got to book a tea time. You know, 18 months in advance and all this kind of shit or do you want to come to Jackson Park play with your friends get fucked up first go play like <laughs> 9, 10 whatever rounds however many it takes and then come back to the Caroline and continue the party oh, yeah. that's golf aka the 19th hole affectionately referred to that's as right. Caroline that's right you should just say 10 rounds of golf whatever how many it takes 10, 11, 12 <laughs> yes please send emails to jeremy.divebars.com at gmail I'm sorry I'm way too intoxicated to finish 18 holes <laughs> 10 rounds with Jeremy that's right I thought we were bowling <laughs> hey I just got 300 the are good right <laughs> just got 300 suck it so uh no- <laughs> Other notable Point being, <laughs> other notable residents of the Highlands, aside from William Boeing, yeah, yeah, John McCone, uh, former director of the CIA, oh. Carl Sagan, no, predecessor to uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson philosopher. was just taking on the mantle. Of Th- that's right. Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan lived in the Highlands. Uh, Bagley Wright lived in the Highlands. He developed the Space By the Needle. Way, Carl Sagan from his backyard at his shoreline home looked up to the sky and saw billions and billions of stars. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. This guy awesome. Here. This guy. That's right. Uh, Dorothea Bullitt, founder of King Broadcasting. Huh. You know, it's King Five. All right. So you get the gist of the neighborhood. It's CEO land. Here's some CEOs: Safeco, Wamu, another Boeing guy, Paul Piggott, founder of Pack Car. Oh, 
Mackar, yeah. Short for Pacific Car and Foundry Corp. You know them as a manufacturer of Kenworth and Peterbilt trucks. Mm-hmm. If you huge, have it, huge uh, facility. Pat Carr built the truck that brought it to you. Down by uh, Bowling Field, they have a huge facility. You can see test trucks down there from time to time. Very oh, cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the cabin is in Shoreline. We're going to say their name a bunch of times because yep. they're at Richmond Beach. And uh, Let's give a shout-out. Jeremy, I'm going to need your help on this. Give a shout-out to some of the great uh, businesses of Shoreline. Well, I am just a few blocks up in North City. North City is one of those, un- unfortunately, kind of going through some gentrification kind of shit, like a lot of the old, cool uh, uh, businesses, businesses stuff along 15th Avenue there gone and being replaced by condos and townhomes and shit just like we see in Ballard and Redwood and everybody everywhere else, right? However, the North City Tavern. Holding it down. Old North City Tavern, We're still holding it down. We are going to be there very soon. Still there, Great still place. kicking. Not, no plans to go anywhere else. Also, North City Bistro, which okay. is literally right around the corner from North City Tavern. Cool, cool little restaurant owned by an awesome couple that had like a little wine shop and awesome gourmet food and stuff. They retired, got taken over by another cool couple who like brought in even more wine and even more gourmet food. So, so it's still, still rocking down up in North City there, but it's it's uh, it's the uh, the the crushing uh, evolution of um, you know society is coming down on us like everybody else. It's still a lot of cool in Shoreline though. It's a lot of cool. I want to give a shout out to Frank Lumber, the door store. Oh yeah, the premier door store in Seattle is in Shoreline. Just recently expanded. Bought out what used to be and a marijuana distribution warehouse, and now is the Frank Lumber Door Store too. <laughs> it's cool. I was in there with a friend that was a developer, and he was. We were meeting for lunch up here. There was a cafe across the street. I think it's closed now. It was an old school diner. Sherry's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then he was like, "I got to go to the door store," and it's. It's like Costco, but it's just full of doors. Doors. It was so yeah. cool. A lot of doors. A lot of doors. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. R.I.P. to Sherry's as another uh, kind of anchor, and just recently closed. There was rumors it was going to reopen, but now they got like, you know, caution, like police tape around. They're like, yeah, yeah we're gonna, we're gonna demolish this building, stay the fuck out. <laughs> no moss. <laughs> right on. All right. We do have to shout out, you know, Lake City Way, just a few blocks east from us, is still technically Shoreline. So like the Shanty, for example, still technically a Shoreline address. That's right. Last time I checked. Lake City, a lot of it is technically still shoreline. That's right. Well, and then it goes, becomes well, a lot of it. Point, right? Yeah. Yes. It goes to Seattle, shoreline, right. Kenmore. Yeah, right yeah. about the county line when you cross over north. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, shore, the tentacles of shoreline reach far and wide. <laughs> you don't even know it. You might be in shoreline wherever you're sitting at tonight. Well, everybody knows like that the CIA. Coloni- <laughs> colonization was invented in shoreline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that's all I got from where we're at. Brad, you got anything else to throw in? Oh, give a shout out to uh, to our bartender, Jessica. Jessica, Jessica, thank you so much. Jessica gave us the hometown welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica, and thank you to Caroline Tavern for allowing us to record here tonight. So a big cheers to that. Well, yeah, are you guys ready to land the plane? All right. Next episode. Bring it in. All right. The plane. The plane. Thanks, everybody.